Warning, the podcast you are about to listen to is explicit. We are here to talk about our lives, the great times, the messy times, but let's be honest, we learn from those messy times. Content may be triggering as we explore together our lives, spirituality, trauma, recovery, and growth. Welcome to Stumbling Through Enlightenment. I'm Jason. And I'm Edward. Every day we are working through our shit, and today we invite you to work through some of yours with us. Let me give you a quick rundown on what we're going to do in today's episode. The first part of the episode is where Ed and I talk about what's going on in our day-to-day lives and where you'll be able to hear how we support each other's growth. During the second portion, Ed and I will have a deep dive discussion topic ranging from self-awareness, metaphysics, mental health, personal discovery, and much more. I am ready for the return of my manager. <laughs> yeah, you getting burnt out of that job at work, huh? Yeah, well, and she was supposed to come back. Originally, she was supposed to come back, like, a couple of weeks ago. And uh, I don't know if it was the fact that I was, like, ready for that. Yeah. <laughs> but that time hit, and I'm like, I said, I'm done. I can't. I'm, you know? And, uh, yeah, um... So yeah, I, 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 you know, the last couple of weeks have been a little, a little rough. There have been um, weird callouts and unavailabilities, uh, specifically for overnights, oh, and no. you know, there's not really a lot of support there. So I've, I've moved my schedule around to try to do it, and of course, that has taken a toll on me. Yeah. Um, so I. Yeah, uh, it's like back to that. You know, I'll take it on the shoulder for the team type bullshit. Yeah, yeah, and uh, but like my idea now is like, okay, I just have one more week, one more week, and and, get she, and she'll be back. And um, fingers crossed. Fingers crossed, right? Yeah. No, um, we know she's going to be back this time, um, <laughs> unless some weird, you know. The, something god forbid <laughs> you know, some i'm crossing both of my fingers right yeah, now if yeah. i could cross my toes i would um, it's like that realization of maybe she won't come back goes across his face and it's just no yeah <laughs> can't see that yeah well when you know when they when they call when she we were talking because we we've talked on and off while she's been out right and uh so there was a point i don't know if i mentioned it or not but there was a point where she was supposed to come back on a specific day, but because um, she, she was, you know, she's out with with the twins, and there was supposed to be some sort of um, uh, operation of some sort, and it didn't happen when it was supposed to happen, and I don't know why. Not really my, you know, I don't need to know. Yeah. Um, but they were going to do it later, and the doctor wanted her to stay out for an additional period of time. Yeah. And so when she's talking to HR, <laughs> HR was like, "Well, we don't know if we can do that." Because it's beyond the, you know, the, yeah. the the family leave piece. And I'm like, oh, my God. It's like, do I have to talk to HR? Because I'm not doing this job indefinitely. That's not the thing. Like, no, do I have to go this yell? Is not the, this is not the economy <laughs> to be pushing staff away. Right. Exactly. You know. Um, and ironically, that was that was also the week that um, our COO came, you know, the, the head of our company came in. And I, I mentioned it to him. And uh, and he's like, oh, no, no, no. Well, 
we, we might have to run through some hoops to figure it out, but but we're not, you know, no. Yeah. He, and he said the same thing. He's like, this is not the time to be losing good staff, no. you know? So, um... No, no, not at all. Yeah. So, so there's that, you know. Um, I had a surprise, uh, uh visit from my uh, my program director um she came in to drop some things off and we were talking and i made mention of sp- spoons and i don't know are you familiar with the spoon theory at all it's i i did a training years ago and 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 it was so very funny because like nobody everybody gives me the look like you just did like this yeah. with like, like spoon theory and it's been so long that I don't remember all of it, but basically you have, a typical person has so many spoons. It's like how many fucks in a day that you can give or whatever. Okay. And you have so many spoons in a day, a typical person does. And yeah. then if you're neurodivergent or this was specifically for people with lupus, I think, um, or autoimmune diseases, yeah. um, conditions that you know you you might wake up and you might not have any spoons that day but you still have to do stuff you know what you know is it a spoons day is it a no spoons day and even my therapist i said you know spoons and he's like no i don't i don't i don't understand so i had to explain it to her to him rather um but my my uh my program director uh was familiar with it i said i said are you familiar with the spoons theory she's like yes yes i am i'm like (laughs) oh thank god you know oh my god and so i said i said well you know, this is what's going on for me right now. I said, you know, I have a task. Now, the task might take a spoon or two, you know, just, just you know, might take a little bit of energy. But what's going on for me right now is I will sit there and argue with myself to do the task that needs to be done. And I will have used five spoons instead of two. And the task still won't be done because that's where I am right now. It's just like, I get it. I absolutely get it. Wow. Um, but she, you know, she also was, was, you know, she also said, you know, she's like, you've kept the place going. You've kept the place afloat. She's like, I'm really, really thankful because her two subordinates, the two people under her, are also both out yeah. with uh, medical conditions, wow. uh, medical issues right now. So, wow. um, right. So she's been doing this for almost as long as I have. She's been doing this singly for almost as long as I've been doing this with. Oh, my God. Uh, right. So she's like, you know, you've been really great. You know, she's like, you've, you, you know. The communication has been wonderful, and she's like, truthfully, I haven't had to, to worry about the house. She's like, and that has made the difference for me. So she's like, whatever hasn't been done or has kind of gone by the wayside, she's like, don't worry about it. She's like, there will be time to catch up. Yeah. Just, you know, yeah. all the important stuff is done, and that's what matters. And I'm like, cool. Yeah. And I said, nobody died. And she's like, and nobody died, <laughs> you know. So that was, it was cool, because, you know, we talked about it. I yeah. am that person who thinks that I have to be this, you know this go on you know this this person who does everything and does it perfectly the first time and right on, right and meets everybody's needs yeah. right so um i you know this last week i did 70 hours <laughs> and i didn't even realize it until i put in my time and i checked my time card i was like how did i go from that to that holy shit yeah. um you know and uh but i yeah i just i'm done i'm i'm really really done <laughs> I wonder if it'll be hard to transition back. Um, you know what I mean? Like to, in your mind, let go of all of that. I, you know, I, I, I actually have thought about this because this is one of those things yeah. where I'm sitting there and like, well, there is one, one task that I kind of want to hold on to. Yeah. And that's only because uh, it makes my job easier. 
um, if I can handle both sets of that, you know, and, and that, I mean, just like the, the responsibility, not the individual oh. tasks. Like, I wonder if you will feel some level of responsibility for that job when she returns, even though she has that job. Right. Do you I, know what I mean? Like, yeah, I, I do know what you mean. And and I honestly, I think the answer is I'm, I'm sure there's going to be like a transition time. I'm sure yeah. that there's going to be like this grieving of, you know, or or even this like, oh, I need to be on top of this. Oh, no, I don't. That's more what I'm that's yeah. what I'm talking about. Yeah. It's like the, you know, oh, somebody we have this issue and that you will be in problem solving mode yeah. still instead of yeah, just no, knowing me. Yeah, probably will be a couple of weeks transition, which is, you know, at least. And then I'm thinking I'm going to take that vacation. Yeah, that'll help. So I'm thinking that'll help me like reset. Reset. Yeah. Um, But there's also a part of me that's like, I don't want any of this anymore. I am. I am fucking done. So I have this really, really long email that's going out to her for when she comes back. That's basically you know catches her up on everybody's yeah, what's yeah. been going on with everybody what needs to be done what hasn't been done what i've let slide what i prioritized um and and the 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 title of the email is oh god the humanity of it all <laughs> you know which is right. kind mm-hmm. of where i am right now okay and her and i have the same kind of sense of humor so she'll get it she'll yeah. laugh it'll be okay. great you know um but yeah no i'm i am I, I think you're right. I think I'm gonna I'm gonna have a hard time stepping out of that problem solving mode. But I am so ready to step yeah. out of that problem oh, yeah. solving mode. Absolutely. So when she gets back, I'll be like, mm, "That's it. It's all on you, girl. I'm gone." <laughs> you know? Have you considered setting some hard boundaries? Um, like your coworker, like oh yeah, around time or around yeah. shifts yep. or um, like that. so that actually that's actually already in the email yeah. um for at least you know I, I told her you know take take a week off I've already put in for that um I'm taking so the 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 week that she gets back yeah there is uh the person who does the overnights because we only have one right now right. the person who's doing the overnights is gone. So I've been trying to fill all those shifts with people. Um, and uh, if there are empty spaces, if they kind of sort of work, I'm not going to try to push myself too much, but if they kind of sort of work, I'll do them. Yeah. Um, but after that, I'm taking the Tuesday after that off because I usually work a short shift on Tuesday. Right. And that'll give me four days off in a row. Yeah. Which is kind of like my payment for doing all of, you know, the upfront payment. And then I'm going to take a week off, and that's already there. And I told her in the in the email, I'm like, do not ask me to do anything extra at this point for at least the month of January because I can't. I need I need total and utter like <laughs> just come yeah. in, do my job, and then go home. Yeah, you know? absolutely. That's great. Um, that's great because and and she's good with you know with things like that. You know, I mean, she'll she well, she's done. She, you're saying you're there to do your job, so that's, whether she's good with it or not, that's fuck true. Her. I mean, right? <laughs> but yeah, definitely a hard boundary there because I, I um, good, I, good. I think that'll know. help. Cause yeah, you. I mean, I know you think you're invincible, <laughs> <laughs> but 
you know, every time you do this, it's just a more stressor on you. Yeah. Well, and you know, what's funny is, is the, uh, we have a, a house, my house, and there's a house right across like a driveway from us. Yeah. And, um, the, um, the house manager over there has been great. Yeah. Um, you know, he checks in on me on a regular basis, sees if I need anything, and just kind of like is there as a resource, which has been really wonderful. And uh, we were talking because I was doing like every other Sunday for a while. And uh, I said something about it. I was like, I'm not doing that anymore. And he goes, good. I was like, you know, when I when I started out, I was like, I'm going to rule the world. He's like, yeah. He's like, that's not sustainable. And no. I'm like, yeah, no. I figured that out. I was like, I used to be invincible. <laughs> And he just, I could see him on the other side of the phone. I can't really see him, but I could see him on the other side of the phone because I know him fairly well. And the look that I got was like, yeah, and you were much younger and stupider then, you know? Yeah, Cause, exactly. Because he gets it, you know? Exactly. Um, and, you know, what, like, <laughs> we talked about this a little bit off mic, but one of the things you had said when I came in was that, you know, you had a whole day and you had planned to do all of this stuff and you did nothing. Right. And... That's what, like, as you've been talking, I've, I I thought of that, and I'm wondering, like, are you sacrificing what you want for your life? Yeah. By doing all of this stuff for your job. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Like, yeah. if you're starting to really parse out what you want for your life that isn't related to your job, you gave that extra to your job... But your real goal in your life suffered. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And and that was one of those things that, you know, I I've I've seen it before, but I've never seen it from this space. You know, where I yeah. have been and this growth space before. So like having that, uh, having this experience, yeah, has been really really good to really sit there and go, yeah. holy shit, yeah, no, can't do that anymore. I don't want to do that anymore. You know, and right, that's, that's it. what it is. That's yeah. what it is. It's not that I can't. It's that I don't right. want to. You want more from your life, right? Right. Yeah. You know, and and for me, it was you know we were talking. You said you know all these things. Basically, I just wanted to clean the house. Yeah. You know, I mean, I had just done an overnight plus the next part of the next day and I'd worked a shift before that. And, yeah. you know, and, and I just I slept later than I have slept in so long. Yeah. And well, of uh, course, you're exhausted. I am. I'm exhausted. And then I got up and I'm like, no, no, I, you know, I just got a new TV, um, new to me TV, which was is a, another whole wonderful little story, but that's fun. And it's in my room and I'm like, you know what? I'm going to lie in bed. I'm going to drink and I'm TV. watch TV. And so, you, you know, yeah. I did that for most of cuddled with the cats. Yeah. And, uh, I, I, it was a lovely, lovely night, a lovely day. So, yeah, but there'll definitely be more of that um in in the future and you know as far as the vacation goes um i already have some pampering all set up for myself awesome. you know like i've i've got a, a massage that that is scheduled yeah, and yeah. um you know so that there there are some some different things that i want to do awesome you know so i'm excited about that to like kind of like just yeah absolutely you know, definitely yeah. definitely lots of self-care and with the amount of money that's in my account because of the amount of hours i've worked yeah it can be some expensive self-care, you know, and I'm okay with that, too. There you go. Yeah. You know. There you go. So. <laughs> awesome. It's time to strap in for this week's Deep Dive. 
so today I really, really wanted to look into um, burnout versus compassion fatigue. Okay. Because uh, I always thought they were the same one, the same thing. And, and burnout leads to compassion fatigue. Right. Yeah. Uh, and, and actually, you know, you say that and, and I've heard two different sets. Uh, yeah. So some of the stuff I looked into was compassion fatigue will eventually lead to burnout. Some of them will burn it. So I think that they're like what they call comorbid. You know what I mean? They'll they could go either way. Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, from my education. Yeah. Um, burnout is typically when you uh, stretch your boundaries mm -hmm. and when you uh, do more than you can typically to help for too long of a time. Yep. You know, that that's burnout. And then compassion fatigue is when you've essentially what I was taught is when you've burnt out several times and you're continuing <laughs> to not give yourself any space to recuperate yep you get compassion fatigue which is when you start to resent the people who want you to do more than what you're able to do right and that's kind of what i was taught too i mean back yeah. in the, back in the days of when i first started with mental health that was something that so i just kind of always kind of equated them you know like the yeah, burnout absolutely. you keep going and, and then it eventually i'm interested did. to hear your perspective so um yeah so when i was looking it up and i i was trying to do a little bit of uh you know background um i came up with some stuff that that really surprised me and one of the th the things was these definitions and the definition for burnout that came up most often was a chronic stress from a chronic state of being out of sync from more aspects in your life one or more aspects of your life yeah so when we when we talk about like work-life balance yeah um and so that would be that boundary yep, you know your boundary absolutely. is being pushed too far yep now they also put in vicarious trauma yeah. Which I had never oh, yeah. heard. That Vicarious was, trauma is definitely part of the whole. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. I, it, as part of that, that, that piece. And I had never really, I'd never really understood that. And they attribute that more to the um, uh, compassion. Caregiver. Yeah. yeah. So um, just to define a term. Yeah. Uh, what you're talking about is you're talking about when someone is around another person. Mm-hmm that has been traumatized yep. that person that's been traumatized then in a way passes that trauma to you and if you don't have healthy boundaries you would accept that and then you may start picking up on some of the behaviors of the trauma that you never actually experienced but they're still real behaviors for you right it's like trauma adjacent yeah. it's it's yeah. very it's uh... it's something that happens in my profession all the time i mean I have caused secondary trauma, mm -hmm. right? Um, because uh, my story, personally, like not work-related, but my story has traumatized other people. Yeah. So that's my trauma traumatizing other people. Right. Um, so I, I've experienced that as well. But in, in my profession, one of the things that, you know, you'll always hear... Uh, especially in the mental health sector, is that you need to have healthy boundaries. And if you don't have healthy boundaries, this is the result, is vicarious trauma. Yeah. One yeah. of the things that uh, um, 
a boss way late, way, way long ago uh, had told to me, especially because, you know, we, we knew that I had I had issues uh, growing up. You know, there, there had been some child abuse and so on and so forth in, in my in my life. And one of the things that she had said to me because I was working with children was you need to make sure that when you are reacting emotionally, that you're not reacting to a trigger that came from your stuff or a trigger that is not yours, you know, something that is not yours. And, and yeah. it's their trauma. It's not your trauma. And just try to keep that that mindset of, you know, is this yours? Is this not yours? Yeah. And so, of course, the not mine, don't want it, you know, is, is, is one of those uh, little mantras that came up from that. Right, right. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. 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 And then the other thing, of course, is the compassion fatigue. And that tends to be a lack of emotions in light of others' emotional stresses. You know, you find a lot of minimizing in that, you know, when you start thinking like, meh, eh, you know, I don't really feel like the need to work on that with somebody or, um, you know, like to help them out with that, that that doesn't, it doesn't bother me, you know, or it's almost like a checking out emotionally. Yeah, I mean, when you're in a, a state of compassion fatigue, you are often in a place where you're not responding appropriately to the situation around you. Yeah. So, I mean, it is, it's normal if you walk into somebody who's crying because they don't want to live for you to feel sad. Right. Right. If you walk into that situation for the 500th time of, you know, working uh, two extra shifts a week and that kind of a thing, you're going to respond to that as the same way you would respond to somebody telling you that they have to go use the bathroom. Right. Exactly. So compassion fatigue is where you're emotional response in it doesn't it's it's actually across the board so if this happens say you you get burnt out at work mm-hmm. um and then you eventually have compassion fatigue you will have that compassion fatigue whether it's your brother telling you that something just happened right or whether it is your person that you're supporting telling you that something's just happened yeah and that is where I see it really becoming the most destructive is where you hit that compassion fatigue part where your body just doesn't respond appropriately. It doesn't allow you to feel because it's not, it's felt too much. So right. it's just going to shut down because you haven't acknowledged what it's felt too much of. Right. Right. And that, so I, you know, I had always kind of uh, equated, I mean like that, that piece was always okay so that's the emotional one yeah. and then it's it's like emotional burnout versus like burnout being just a physical burnout but but burnout is actually a very all-inclusive thing i i found oh, yeah. out yeah yeah um and i just at having just you know done what i have done at my company burnout is a very real thing which is what prompted this right um, yeah you pushed past your boundaries oh i did for I far did. too long for far too long and uh, yeah yeah, and uh, turns out that mostly what I needed was sleep. <laughs> yeah, um, which is one of the things that they they you know they talk about. So they, a lot of times they in a lot of the 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 pieces that I was reading is um, burnout tends to be that slow onset. You know, it's it's yeah. you make little 
choices and you you give a little bit more and you give a little yeah. bit more and you give a little bit more coming at the edge of you know that three month mark i knew i was i was well, yeah you, you don't get burnout on week two no no definitely <laughs> you not. know what i mean right? you, you have to actually do it for a while before right. you get burnout hopefully <laughs> right exactly but what was very surprising to me in and one of the things that is very surprising to me about all of this is I did not realize how bad it was. I did not realize I was in that yeah. until after I had gotten some sleep, yeah. after I had gotten a, a little bit of a break, and then all of a sudden, like, I wanted to do creative things. You know, I wanted to, like, yeah. be, and 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 it was, it was, I thought I was exhausted, just exhausted, you know, no big deal, right? Yeah. <laughs> you know? Um, so the fact that these creep up on you, not only do they happen so slow and over time, so I didn't even notice that these things were, were necessarily building. All I could yeah. see was this all the connections yeah. yeah starting just starting all the all the connections but all the connections starting to like fuse and just go away you know like i mean my my yeah. life was just not well it wasn't my own for, for yeah that of time. yeah that's that's definitely disassociation yeah so yeah. uh i i experienced that some some pretty hardcore one of the things that did happen to me and towards the end and i really did notice it was um, at one point in time, I was giving medications, and I, yeah. I realized that I was not attached to the moment of giving medications. Yeah, and and I looked at it, you know, and I, I stopped, and then I went back and, and did the mar. Thank God. Yeah, for all of the checks. Otherwise, yeah, no, know? I hear you. <laughs> I I go in and out of disassociation just as part of having the type of trauma that I have, and I have different tricks that I have to use. Like, mm -hmm. I cannot lock my office. Oh wow! I lock it. And if I don't do this this particular thing, I'll totally forget and I'll have to like drive all the way back there just right. to make sure I did or whatever. Yep. But I learned this. It's actually an ADHD trick, but it works really well for disassociation as well, is you have to ha create a pattern. So you say it three times, three times. So as I'm locking the door, I say, I'm locking the door, I'm locking the door, I'm locking the door. I'm locking the door, I'm locking the door, I'm locking the door. I'm locking the door, I'm locking the door, I'm locking the door. Huh. And because of the amount of thought that it takes to count that as you speak, yep. you're pushing it into the part of your brain that's going to absorb it. Wow. Yeah. So I do that every time I lock the office yep. and leave. Because if I don't, I'll be half an hour away and I'll have to drive all the way back because I'll be afraid I didn't lock it. Right. Well, And somebody did leave it unlocked once, oh, no. which has caused it to be even more of a like stressor for me. Right. Yeah. One of the things that, at least in my in my situation, which was really a, a wonderful thing, was um, I we're open twenty four seven. You know, like I there's yeah. somebody there, so like I can call. And I had to multiple times go. Did I do this? I don't remember. Yeah, yeah, that's nice that you can call and just ask somebody. You don't right. have to go back Absolutely. and check it out. Yeah. So, um, you know, the the burnout can can be anything from doing uh, continual a continual process over and over and over and over again. Yeah. Um, can cause burnout. Obviously, um, we talked about the compassion fatigue piece, where you know you you're just so inundated that you're for all intents and purposes your nervous system just, just stops. Your brain just stops and says, "No, I I, I can't I yeah. can't process this anymore." I don't think that it helps that for those of us who are in the mental health field that we have been surrounded by a pandemic for this long because everything seems like a crisis in some ways. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. 
Yeah, I hear you. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. You know, it's 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 a piece. Um, so the things that that um, we talk about um, doing to to help these pieces, you know, to to help yeah. bounce back, because it's it's not just going to take a nap. It's not just going to. No, um, you need to literally re-energize. We really and and some of it is very counterintuitive. Like so, for compassion fatigue, one of the things that. Um, Dr. Abraham Margazer, I think is, I'll, I'll put his name in, in, in the description. Okay. Um, but he, he's from Stanford and he's been doing a lot of uh, research on uh, compassion fatigue and burnout, specifically within the medical fields, like so doctors and nurses yeah. and so on. Yeah, and so well, that's, that's the primary place you hear these words is in the caregiving professions. Yeah. yeah. So uh, one of the things that he said was that he has found is that, ironically, being compassionate, doing acts of compassion that have nothing to do with your job and that's the key nothing to do with your job yeah but doing acts of compassion will help re-energize and revitalize that compassion that compassionate space for you yeah absolutely um which you know if you look at burnout for me anyway you know it's like well if i just keep doing what i'm doing i'll get through it that's not what happens so it yeah, doesn't no, make sense to me that isn't. having acts of compassion for it's still for other people yeah even if it's not because of your job well help. when you have acts of compassion your job is not an act of compassion your job is a place that you go and get paid. Right. An act of compassion may happen at work, but you're still getting paid for it. So right. if I'm in the grocery store and somebody doesn't have enough money and I pay for their stuff, that's me because of no one else making a decision to help somebody. And that feels completely different. It does. Than going to work and doing your job, which is kind of part of your job, is right. to do these acts of, you know. Well, and and so that ties in. It's not that's not something I tied in, but that's really cool because that's that ties in with two of the other pieces. Yeah. Taking your power and your ownership. You yeah. know, making sure to yeah. find somewhere. Uh, even within your job, that you can be feel effective, like you're affecting the masses, right. you know. Um, and then shoot the other piece, which was in my mind, and is somewhere in my notes here, because <laughs> um, that's the way that that usually works. Um, uh, meaning something that is meaningful. Yeah, you know, your work can be meaningful, but no matter how meaningful your work is, we're going to go through times where you you just. Your work should not be where you get your primary meaning from. Exactly. Exactly. Your I work mean, can be meaningful, but it's not yeah, where your no. primary and that's and we've talked about that before. Yeah, multiple times. That yeah. that is not where that needs to come no. from. No. No, yeah. Your work is what you get paid to do. Yeah. And yes, you can feel good doing it, but you also need to have you. Yeah. You know, and you need to be separate from your work. Right. Right. So the things we talk about are work-life balance. Yeah. I mean, that is that is so important. And again, one of the cool things, if there is, actually, I say one of the cool things, but they call it uh, um, post-traumatic growth. Yeah. And I had never heard that term. Oh, really? Right. Yeah. yeah. So once you go through some of, of these these uh areas of your life these situations you know like the and, and it is a form of ptsd yeah um 
there's this this stage called post-traumatic growth and that is can come to light in many different ways for me it is something where i worked for four months in this little space yeah i am now ready to sit there and go okay i'm not doing this anymore i'm not doing that anymore i need to reestablish, which is cool but reestablish a work life yeah you know yeah absolutely one of the things i missed is i would have one day where i would sleep i wouldn't rest but i would sleep you know and then the other day would be the day to get my airing's done. Well, what the hell happens with me time? There is no me time because I'm working 12-hour days. Right. You know? And, and it, yeah. I mean, you, you've, I've always thought it was funny that you are one of these people that genuinely believes that you can catch up on sleep. I know. I do. And it, it's, it's ridiculous because, I mean, it just, you can't. You cannot catch up on sleep. I disbelieve it. I don't care how many <laughs> how many of the world's greatest scientists tell me this. Yeah, In my mind, if I can't. sleep for an entire day, I'll be all set. <laughs> yeah, no. No, you'll just be more tired and exhausted for the next three days. Right. Absolutely. Like, you know, and that's, so one of the things that has always come up for me in this type of, of context is Back to that, you know, we talk about Maslow's hierarchy of needs. Mm -hmm. If you're feeling burnt out, you're either not drinking enough, you're not eating enough, you're not feeling secure enough, or you're not sleeping enough. Right. Period. Something's happening. Yep. Um, and, And those are the places I would say always to look first. You know, am I getting enough fluids? Am I hungry? Am I waiting too long between meals because I'm working extra long. You know, do I need to incorporate a meal into my work day that I hadn't before? You know, that kind of a thing. That stuff happens so easily. You know, you're you're especially in in institutional type work like say you're at a hospital, you know, and you work an 8-hour shift and you have breakfast when you go in and you have a little snack for the day and at the end of the day, you know, you go home and eat. And then you can't leave because the other shift didn't show up. So now you're mandated to work another eight hours. Half of those people that do that continue to wait until they're done with work to go eat. Yeah. They don't incorporate, well, I'm now here, so I need more than a snack. I need a meal. And then I might need another meal here. Right. Like, and it's just, it's super simple little tiny things like that. Or, you know, I haven't had a drink. I haven't had a, a chance to go to the cooler and get my drink because I've been running back and forth with bells all day. Or, yeah. you know, this person wants this, this person wants that. And it's so simple. But, it's so detached from where you are and you're laser focused, you know, I'm running down a hallway and that's all that I see. Like you do need to pay attention to these other needs. And honestly, if you're someone that works, you know, 48, 50 hours a week and you're doing these things, you don't get burnt out. Right. Right. That that is something that that I I was like I thought everybody got burnt out, but apparently yeah. not. And and you can there are uh, different things that affect a person being able to burnt out. You know, there's yeah. there's the healthiness of your situation. You mentioned mentioned the uh, the meal time. I was working extra hours. Never even occurred to me for the first month. Yeah. That. I need to plan an extra meal into my day. Yeah. Because I would leave it. You know, I, I used to leave around 
five or six, you yeah. know, and then I would go and do some dinner and whatever. But if I'm there till nine, I need dinner. You yeah. Know? Yeah, absolutely. Um, so it, it, it's, it's crazy. But so uh, a person's personality yeah. um, is, is a big one. Uh, and then uh, their resilience and upbringing. Like, so how do they learn to be resilient? Yeah. Um, one of the things that I learned about the um, compassion fatigue specifically, which I thought was hysterical, uh, was that people who have hyper-religious backgrounds, yeah. um, and I, I'm not talking about like, you're, you're religious and you're very spiritual. I'm talking about yeah, like, no, yeah, you like know, where it becomes... Religion is your life. Right, yeah, right. Yeah. And where it becomes a, almost an abusive thing. Like in my, in my life, that was a thing. We are far more susceptible to compassion fatigue because we are far more susceptible uh, to the stories or we've been ingrained with the stories of, you know, Jesus gave so much of yeah. himself. Yeah. And there is actually a website and I if I can find it, I will put it in the in the um, in the description because I thought it was interesting because it was it was how Jesus took care of himself and so it gave bible verses on what we don't actually uh focus on we right. always focus on his his ever flowing giving giving yeah, giving yeah, yeah. but he actually took time for himself i'm like holy crap he did oh my gosh he did you know so yeah like, that was the whole mary magdalene piece right th 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 yes there was a part yeah. of a big part of that yeah yeah, yeah. yeah. so mm -hmm. i thought that that was that was an interesting aspect um so finding some places where you can where you can have control, yeah. um, taking extra breaks, yeah. uh, you know, an extra five minutes here and there. It doesn't seem like much, but it really yeah. does give you that breather room. Um, and, you know, having gone through some of this stuff, I have to say that even though I know a lot of these right out the window. Yeah. I mean, it doesn't take long for those habits to just go out the window. Well, and I, I, I think, I think if the more established these habits are, the more they go out the window. You know, I mean, you have spent at least fifteen years of your life only focused essentially in one direction. Right. So it makes sense that it's easy for you to just go back to that real quick. Right. right? Um. But how would, how, like in the future, how would you handle that differently? How would you um, try to identify that in the moment of it? Well, and so interestingly, you know, you said in the future, and it's one of the things that we've talked about before is that establishing, and, and it continually came up as well, justification for these words, um, is establishing a routine ahead of time practicing this ahead of time that post-trauma taking that information right and then and incorporating then it into applying it yeah, yeah. Okay. um so that so that you know i am more on the ball with okay every hour my alarm is going to go off because i've talked about that too i yeah. was doing that for a while and and that worked for a while when you do it it works when you don't do it it doesn't work yeah uh and i think that that's that's the hard piece and and the big takeaway for me uh, with all of the things that I found um, is that I need to have a better um, protocol for my life. You yeah. know what I mean? I need to have a more established, not necessarily better, but established a protocol for my life. Right. Um, and it's hard because 
for me it's challenging because I, I think of of you know protocol and boundaries is well I can't do them unless I regiment them and if I regiment them then that becomes problematic you know so like well I can't do anything on Tuesday because Tuesday I do this yeah that stops being a boundary and starts becoming I mean it's still a boundary but it's 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 a very rigid and not necessarily a healthy boundary you know no yeah it's not a healthy way of establishing so you're talking about two different things. You're talking about establishing boundaries. Right. And you're talking about choosing what you're doing with your time. Right. So it's it, it you can you can set boundaries when you choose what you're doing with your time. Right. Right. I can set so <laughs> yeah, yeah, and, yeah. and that's really what it is. So it's it's learning to set the boundary of this is my time to do with whatever I please, but but right. because of the way that I've been brought up because of trauma and because of just in it general, has to be this particular activity. It has to be that, yeah. and that's my reason for doing it. You yeah. know, yeah. Um, so a lot of a lot of the a lot of what I've learned in this in this go round um, really is that you know I need to stop. Uh, talking the talk and start walking the walk. Well, sort of, yes. <laughs> but like, I, I need to stop trying to justify all of my actions. Yeah, you know, and that really is what it is, and that's a big one. That's that's yeah. You know, that's taking you just do it because you fucking do it. Taking back that power, which is yeah. which is really interesting and really really necessary. Um, they they did state that if a person feels like they have control over, uh, and I can't remember the percentage, but a specific percentage of their life, yeah. burnout will almost never happen. True. And and True. I... Because that control yeah. spreads. Yeah. Right? And you realize that at work, you still control you. You yeah. don't have to do this, this, and this. You're getting paid to do this, this, and this, and you're choosing to do this, this, and this. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's It's like the woman that we had talked about, you know, I'm not working any extra, period. Yeah. Like, okay, that's your boundary. Like, you having those, I think the biggest challenge is the, but we really, really need you, Ed. Oh, yeah. We really need you. You're And, yeah. and you're so helpful. And it makes it so that my job's so much easier. <laughs> and we really appreciate all of your knowledge and understanding. Yep. It's so important to us. Yep. And, yeah, that's all great. But you're still burning out. When I was at the uh, when I was at the uh, the mountain when I was at the the ski resort, um, they had us and I felt so cheated and so pissed off by this, but they had us do uh, the management had to do the, one of those yeah you like, talked Myers about Briggs that before thing. yeah yeah and uh, so I looked at that afterwards after I left because of the burnout and I'm like they blew smoke up my ass and they did it because they could figure out how because this yeah. is my you know yeah. my test and and that's the <laughs> that's the hard part for people in your situation is that your type of personality is going to be easily manipulated mm-hmm because of your longing for acceptance and acknowledgement yeah. and it is that people will always manipulate that person because that person is saying, love me. Yeah. So you can give them a little bit of love and they'll do as much as you want them to do. Yeah. All of this comes up, in, you know, if we keep this, but all of this comes up in, in, in another uh, yeah. deep dive that we're doing 
very soon. So yeah, um, yeah, been able to delve into a lot more of that, which is yeah. very opening too. So cool. cool. So. This has been informative. I, I hope I mean, it helps other yeah, people too. If yeah. you see yourself going down that road, try to find someplace yeah. where you can take some power back for yourself. You know, yeah. No. All right. I hope you enjoyed the show today. Remember, you can always reach out to us through our Facebook page at Stumbling Through Enlightenment. Follow us on Twitter at Stumbling T H R O U 2. Go to our website to check out more episodes and information about us personally. That is stumblingthroughenlightenment.squarespace.com. You can also reach out to us directly at stumblingthroughenlightenment at gmail.com. That's it for today. Have a great week.